let's invite everybody that we can. Uh, Pastor Paul is taking a little break this week. He's on a little bit of vacay, and he's up here with us. But, hey, we have an awesome pastor. Amen? Amen. And you know what? That's right. And pastors need breaks, too. Pastors need some time to chill and just try to relax a little bit. And I want to encourage you guys, pray for your pastor every day. And pray for your, the staff here at the church every single day. Make that part of your daily routine just to lift them up because there's a lot going on. And pastors carry a lot of weight. So I just want to tell you, encourage Pastor Paul. Pray for him every single day. Pray for his awesome family. Um, just that God would do amazing stuff uh, in, in them and through them. And that they'd have an awesome time of rest this week. So, um, so it's awesome. We're, we're excited about what's going on. Uh, Pastor Paul's been talking for the last little bit about uh, following Christ and truly following. And the way that we do that is by being in relationship and having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and you know, truly learning the meaning of following Christ. And I'm just going to continue in that vein this morning. So before we get rolling too far, let me, uh, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity just to be together. Um, I just thank you that we get to worship like this every week as a family, that we just get to come together and um, just declare who you are, how great you are. God, you are so great, um, and it is your breath in our lungs, Lord. It's, you're the reason that we get to be here. Um, and so, Father, we just give you glory. And, Lord, right now I just ask that nothing that Zach Buckner says would be heard, but, God, that what you want to say would be heard. And, uh, Holy Spirit, I just ask for you to speak through me. And, and God, that your word, which is 110% true from cover to cover, would absolutely sink in with every person in this room, God, no matter what they've walked in here with, no matter what walk of life they're from, God, I just pray that your word would um, would strike a chord with them today, God, and that they'd be changed, that they'd leave differently, God. Let us leave differently than we came today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Everybody say follow. Follow. We are, we are about following the Lord. You know, if we're believers, if we call ourselves Christians, the whole point is to follow Jesus Christ, right? That's the whole point of this thing is to look like Jesus and act like Jesus, talk like Jesus, do the things that he did. You know, his word said that we can do these things and more. Everybody say more. You can do more than even Jesus did when he walked the earth. And, and, and we've been learning over the course of the last few weeks the way that we do that is the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. And I'll encourage you, if you've missed out on that teaching, go back and hear it because it's awesome. And come to the class tomorrow night. Finish that thing strong. Uh, Pastor Paul is teaching us what uh, it means to have a real relationship with the Holy Spirit and that member of the Godhead. But, um, you know, as I read through Scripture and as I see what Jesus did and I look at how he acted and interacted with people, I find something really, really interesting. All these people that were following Jesus and all of the people that Jesus encountered and asked to follow him were nothing like Jesus. You know, people that were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. Have you ever noticed that, how crazy that is in Scripture? People that were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. The people that you would expect the Son of God to hang out with when he came to earth were not at all the people that he chose to hang out with. Like you would think the Son of God comes to earth, he's going to hang out with the religious elite, he's going to hang out with everybody who knows everything about Scripture that there is to know. And that's just not what Jesus did. He didn't spend his time, quote unquote, in the church. He spent his time out and about in the world meeting people, hanging out with all kinds of people he wasn't supposed to be hanging out with. You know, on paper, Jesus should hang out with such and such type of person, and that is literally the opposite of what he did. And it was so crazy. It messed with people so much. And I want to I clarify something real quick. If you're sitting in this room right now, 
and you think, you know what, I can't, I can't do the church thing. I don't know about this God stuff. You know, I really don't know about Jesus. I don't know how I feel about all that. And man, Zach, I'm, I'm too messed up to really buy into all that stuff. You know, I've made too many mistakes. I've done too much wrong. You know, I've screwed up one too many times, and I just can't, I'm beyond help. I'm beyond redemption. I want to tell you something right now. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. Jesus came to earth, and I'm going to show you that. The, the guys that he picked to run around were people that I guarantee you, if you wanted to draw straws, they'd draw a shorter straw than you did. Every time that he chose somebody to follow him, they didn't have it together. The people that Jesus hung out with the most didn't have it all together at all. Their lives were messed up. And he used those people to literally transform the world. And why are we any different? Why are we different? Why are we different than that? We're not. Jesus can use you. Everybody say, Jesus can use me. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Jesus can use you. He can use you to transform the world, to literally change the world. I don't care that we're from Allgood or Cookville or the dimple of the universe. I don't care. God can use you in a mighty, mighty way to change the world. And so I don't, I don't care where, what, what you walked in here, what your background is. Maybe you've been in church your whole life. That's awesome. Maybe you know the Lord and you're walking with him and you're really, really toeing the line and everything's going great in your relationship with the Lord. This message is still for you because we need to be reminded who Jesus spent his time with. And we need to be reminded what it really means to follow Jesus. And following Jesus looks like looking like him. So Jesus came in to the world and it was a whole lot like it is now. Not a lot has changed. If you really look at it, not a lot has changed in society. Jesus came into a world where everybody that was in the church had these systems and these checklists and these do's and don'ts. And if I do these things, then God's going to like me. And if I don't do these things, then he's going to smite me. And I've got all this stuff I've got to do in order to have a relationship kind of with the Father. And people thought that. You had Pharisees and the Sadducees, these guys that were really educated their whole life long. They knew Scripture, memorized it since the time that they were little bitty kids. But they didn't know God at all. They had no idea. When Jesus showed up, God in flesh showed up right before them. They didn't recognize what was right in front of them. Can I just tell you something? Before we get all judgy pants on the Pharisees, we don't recognize Jesus right in front of us either sometimes. In today's, we've got the Word, we've got Scripture, we've got all these things that, that, that we've seen and heard, but sometimes we miss Jesus right in front of us. We miss opportunities to share Jesus with somebody, and it's right in front of us. Pastor Paul talked about it last week. You don't have to beat somebody over the head with a Bible to minister to them. You just got to show the love of Jesus Christ. So Jesus walks into this world, and it's a lot like that. It's a lot like it is now. People just don't get it. They don't know who he really is. They have a confused picture of who God really is. So here comes Jesus, and his number one job while he's here on earth is to reveal who the Father is, is to glorify his Father. Jesus came so that we could really know who God was because we had messed up views of God. People had such messed up views. They thought God was going to hate them if they didn't do everything right to the T. But Jesus came to show us a different way. And he came to explain how to connect with the Father to a group of people who were so confused and so hardened by systems and checklists. But I want to tell you this, and this is what I want us to, to know before we leave here today. And Pastor Justin alluded to this uh, when he was speaking too. It was really neat. But Jesus came to make things simple. It's simple. The gospel is so simple. I didn't say it was easy. 
I didn't say that it was a cakewalk, but I'm saying that it's simple. The gospel is simple, not easy. Jesus has already done all of the work. He's already done everything that we needed to do. I was sharing with uh, somebody earlier, we went to, uh, me and some, some buddies and uh, went to watch Everest. Uh, anybody seen that movie? If you have, I'll, we'll all pray together after because it's about the most depressing movie you could possibly watch. Um, yeah, spoiler alert, right? It's a true story, so you probably already know. But, but um, we were talking on the car ride back home um, about Sir Edmund Hillary, and he was the first guy to conquer Everest and, you know, just acclaimed hero of New Zealand, whatever. Well, when he would take teams out to Everest, he would get up early in the morning, and he would go carve steps out in the ice, so he'd go hike, carve steps out, come back down, get his team, and then go back up. Like he paved the way for those people, literally went out and carved a way for his team to go through. Guys, let me tell you something. Jesus has done that for us. He has already paved the way. The work is completed. He finished the work that needed to be done when he died on the cross for us. He knew full well the sins we were going to commit. He knew how many times and in what ways we were going to mess it up. And he still died for us. He did all the work that needed to be done. So we don't have to strive, and we don't have to feel like we're not good enough, and we don't have to try to do this and that to make Jesus happy with us. Jesus already loves you. He loves you so much. And he is desiring that we would follow him and join with him in what he's doing. He's already paved the way. He's already given us this gift. All we've got to do is take it. So if you've got your Bibles with you, let's turn to Matthew chapter 9. And I want to talk more about how this gospel is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And there was this guy named Matthew. You may be familiar with him. He was one of Jesus' disciples. And if you've never heard of Matthew, I'm going to tell you a little bit about his background. Um, and I just want to use Matthew as an example to show you that nobody sitting under the sound of my voice right now is too far gone. That nobody in, in this room is unsavable. Nobody in this room is beyond redemption. Every single person sitting in this room can be redeemed and saved and totally turn their life around today if you make the decision to do so. That's all you've got to do. You make the decision. Jesus can't make it for you. He paved the way for you. But you've got to make the decision. And there was this guy named Matthew that, that Jesus ran into. And it's somebody that Jesus wound up spending a whole lot of time with. And I want to give you just a little bit of background uh, for, from Matthew. Matthew actually had a religious background, and this is important. For those of us who were raised in church and, and don't know anything different, Matthew was, was raised in a religious system. He was a Jew until he got older. And when he became a tax collector, he abandoned his faith because there's no way any tax collector in the day could remain uh, in good standing with, with the Jewish community. There's no way. Tax collectors back in the day were as bad as they came. It's like mamas grew up, or mamas prayed that their kids would not grow up to be tax collectors. Mama, please don't let your babies grow up to be tax collectors. It's like be anything but don't be a tax collector was the idea. Uh, so much so that like when you're reading the New Testament, it's really funny. You'll read and, and like the story's going along and it's like, and there Jesus came to this place and there were many sinners and tax collectors. Like, they have their own classification of sinner. Like, they're not just sinners, they're tax collectors. So just stay away from them, they're weird. You know, and just hated, just hated by everybody. 
all, all walks of life. Everybody hated to see tax collectors coming. These guys were the scum of the earth. They basically charged you what they wanted to charge you, pretty well unpoliced. They worked for the Roman government. So if you were a Jew and a tax collector, you were viewed as a traitor. Like, it was bad stuff. Like, you, you didn't get off scot-free. Everybody hated you. I hope you're getting the picture of how scummy tax collectors were because they were bad dudes. Everybody say bad dudes. They were bad dudes. And so here comes Jesus, though. And in Matthew 9, we're going to start in verse 9. And Jesus walks up, and I'm, I, I just can imagine his disciples' faces. Let's read. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. I love the fact that tax collectors have their own booth because no one wants to sit with them. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Okay. That is a really, that is one verse of scripture, and a whole lot of stuff just happened right there. A whole lot of stuff. Now, I can imagine what the other guys that were with Jesus at the time were thinking. You know, his other disciples were like, hey, uh, Jesus, did you know that he was a, ta- I mean, I know you knew because you're like the son of God, but like, did you know that he was a tax collector? Because you just talked to him, and I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about that. And Jesus, you can just, you just know Jesus was like, yeah, what? He walks up to the scum of the earth and talks to him. How many times do we see Jesus do that in Scripture? That's what he did. He wasn't hobnobbing with the Pharisees and trying to look super spiritual. Jesus went out and he talked to Matthew. He instigated conversation with a tax collector. You don't do that on paper if you're Jesus. But Jesus, nothing about Jesus, if you haven't figured this out yet, nothing about Jesus fits on paper. Nothing about Jesus fits in our box. Basically, think of the things that you wouldn't do if you were Jesus, and he pretty much did them. Jesus walks up to the guy, starts a conversation, not only starts a conversation, but he says, hey, I want to partner up with you. He says, follow me. Everybody say, follow me. That is all Jesus said to Matthew. Do you see anywhere between follow me and from where Matthew got up about Jesus listing all the things that Matthew had done wrong in his life? Do you see anywhere where Jesus said, hey, I just want you to know how bad of a guy you are then I'm going to ask you to follow me. But first of all, let's address all this stuff that you've walked up here with. Uh, matter of fact, I walked up to you. Let me tell you everything wrong. That's not at all what Jesus did. All that Jesus said to Matthew was, follow me. And all that Matthew did was get up and go. Let me tell you something. When you have an encounter with Jesus, you don't have a choice but to follow and get up and go. When you, when you have a real encounter with the Son of God, You cannot help but do what he's asked you to do. And there's a lot of you guys in this room who have had an encounter and and you're following Christ and you made a decision at some point in your life to follow Jesus and you've been working out your salvation through many, many years. But I want you to remember back to that time where you heard Jesus say, follow me through his Holy Spirit. He convicted you and drew you to himself and said, follow me. And do you remember what that's like? Oh my goodness, remember that. And, And that's what Matthew did. He got up. And followed him. And again, I want to I make sure that we're clear. Matthew did not have it together at all. This was a dude that sinned on purpose. He sinned and he knew he was sinning and he was cool with it. And he was doing his thing. He was a tax collector. That's the way he lived his life. It was what it was. But something about Jesus captivated him. And something about Jesus walking up to him. You know that just the very fact that Jesus walked up and started a conversation with him 
impacted his life greatly. Do you guys know that the next person that you might impact for Christ might happen just through a simple conversation? Just like last week. Again, go back and listen to the podcast. It's not complicated stuff. Just love on people. Just be there and be ready to listen and let the Lord speak through you. But that's what Jesus did. He was just loving this guy. All he did was ask Matthew to take one simple step to follow. And nothing has changed, guys. Jesus is still asking us, will we follow? Will we follow? It's a simple question. Will I follow Christ today? Will I follow Christ? Will I give him my life? Will I let him call the shots in my life from this day forward? Nothing's different. And I'm going to give you an opportunity before you leave to make sure that you've answered that question one way or another. It's a simple interchange. There's a Savior who loves you, and all he's asking you to do is take one little baby step and follow him. You don't have to have all your stuff together. It doesn't matter what kind of baggage you have. All he's asking you to do is start the journey with him. He's going to figure it out with you later. So Matthew's response was he got up and followed him. So then what's next? Verse 10, check this out. (laughs) While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, this is great, many tax collectors and sinners also came and ate with him and his disciples. There's so much that I love about this. And I I love to think that Jesus was probably a touch sarcastic. You know, I I don't know. I just have this. It's probably, that's not scripture. Don't quote me on that. But but it's like, not only, hey, hey guys, not only do I need you to be cool with me just talking to this tax collector, guess what we're going to do? We're going to go eat dinner with him. And are we all excited? You know his disciples were like, no, we can't do that. And then, not only that, they get to the, they get to Matthew's house, and Jesus is like, hey, bring all your friends over. Bring all your other tax collector buddies over. And so many tax collectors and sinners, and you can just like feel the anxiety in the room going up. The disciples are just like, oh, gosh. Oh, you, Jesus. Oh, my, you. You, you've done it this time, buddy. And, you know, it, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That sounds so weird to us that Jesus would do that. Can I ask you a question? Why? Why is that weird? How in any way, if we are following Christ, stuff like this should happen a whole lot. Like, if we are really following Christ, there should be lost people who are going, what is your deal? How many pixie sticks did you eat this morning? Something is different about you. There is something about you, and I don't know what it is, and I want to figure it out. Because you've been, you've been around somebody or you know something I don't know. Like, what's going on? How are you like this? And, and then we get to go, man, it's Jesus. It's the love of Christ. I just, I love you, you know? We get to look and act like Jesus. That should be the norm, not the exception. So let's read on. <laughs> While Jesus was at, at having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Verse 11 When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Let me tell you something. The Pharisees, again, they were people who thought they knew God, but they didn't know him at all. Their hearts were far from him. They didn't get it. It didn't click with them. 
They didn't understand who the father really, really was. And so when they saw Jesus associating with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners of every kind, something wasn't right in their minds. They couldn't calculate it. There was a mental block there that was just like, I don't understand how you can say that you're the son of God, but yet hang out with those people. Any time in your mind that the phrase those people comes into your mind, we got a gut check to do. If we ever refer to anybody else as those people, we got problems that we need to address. There is something in us that we need to address. And let me just tell you real quick. When Jesus spoke this to the Pharisees, what he said was not some little light statement that he was making. Right there where it says, verse 13, but go and learn. When Jesus said, but go and learn to the Pharisees, you, you better believe that was one of the most offensive things that you could say to a Pharisee. They had spent their entire life memorizing verbatim the entire Old Testament. These guys memorized scripture from the time they were a child. And Jesus just goes up to him and says, but go and learn. Woo. It's like me walking up to Einstein and telling him I'm about to tell him something about physics. Hey, Einstein, Zach Buckner's in the room. Go and learn. I got you right here. A equals B plus MCD to the R power. It's ludicrous sounding because the Pharisees thought, I know it all. I know everything there is to know about God. Can I tell you something, guys? I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how long you felt like you've walked with the Lord. You can know a lot about God and not know God at all. You can know a whole lot of facts about the Lord but not really know him. You know, you can know a lot about what he says to do, but not really do it. You can, you can know a lot about following the Lord and not really follow at all. And I've, I have been there. I have been there. I was there for the large majority of my life where I thought I was following. I, I thought I knew what there was to know. I knew what to say. I knew what to do. I knew how to act. But I wasn't following God any more than the piece of wood on the stage was. I, I use an example a lot of times, like, you know, I've got a kid or two, and and they're getting old enough now, like Benny, I'm putting her to work, you know, here in a minute, but uh, my, my oldest kids are getting old enough to give them chores, and they can help out around the house, can I get a hallelujah? And, you know, I, I use an example a lot of times about, like, we, we can choose to follow Christ or not. So I could tell my oldest girl, Bella, she's nine, um, I can go tell Bella right now, I go, hey, Bella, I just went upstairs. It looks like Godzilla was unleashed in your room. I don't know how long that pizza has been under your bed. Like, please, dear Lord, go clean the room before we have to defumigate our whole house, whatever. And she can go, all right, Dad, I'm going upstairs right now. I'm going to go clean my room. So she can come back down 30 minutes later. Usually it's more like five hours later. She'll, she can come back down and be like, all right, Dad, I just want you to know you're going to be super proud of me. I went up to my room, and I read a lot of books, and they were great. And I read, you know, I really, I read this one. I really enjoyed it a whole lot about cleaning my room. It was the best book I've ever read on cleaning my room. You know, and, and Dad, you know what else I did? I, I got on my iPod, and I FaceTimed my best buddy, and we talked a whole lot for hours about how cool it would be if I cleaned my room. And then, you know, Dad, I, I, I closed my eyes for a while, and I just thought of what I would say to you about the things 
that I would do if I were to clean my room. Now, let me ask you a question. If Bella came down and told me that, what would happen? It wouldn't be pretty. Like, I'd be like, hey, go clean your room. Go do what I actually told you to do. Hey, guys, it's the same way with our faith. We know a whole lot of stuff, and we've filled our brains with a whole lot of great stuff, and it's good stuff, and it's the truth. But if we don't do anything about the truth, it doesn't matter. If we don't go do what God has told us to do, that's why he said in his word, in James, don't be hearers, but be doers also. It doesn't matter how much we know if we don't do anything about it. If we're really going to follow Christ, we have to do something about it. Jesus did things differently. Jesus didn't just say things differently. He did things differently. The way that he acted was totally backwards from what people thought it was going to be. And the Pharisees were so confused. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Go and learn what this means, Jesus says to them. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. Let me tell you something. This church right here is not a haven for a bunch of believers. This is a hospital. This is a hospital. And you know what? It gets nasty sometimes in hospitals. And there's blood and there's messes and there's bad stuff. And you know what, though? People get healed and they get free and they get, they're not sick anymore when they encounter the doctor. You know, church, we, we've made it a, a haven too, too often where we hole up and we don't go minister to anybody and we're scared. If somebody was to walk in those doors and they were just a little bit too much of a sinner for me, it might scare me. No, man, this is a hospital. People can come and get restored, and they can find out who Jesus really is. And that's what Jesus is teaching the Pharisees right here, he's trying to, is that I'm here for the sick. I'm not here for the well. I'm not here for people who have it all together. I'm here for people who don't have it together, and they know they don't have it together. If you're sitting under the sound of my voice and you know you don't have it together right now, that is awesome. That is the first step in letting Jesus into your life. And if, if, if you're feeling a little bit of a drawing right now, that's the Holy Spirit trying to get you to know who he really is, drawing you to Jesus. Verse 13 said, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. In all of their knowledge, they missed it. All through the Bible, there's this thread, and you, you see it time and time and time and time again. Mercy over sacrifice. Jesus is saying right here, he's saying, you know what? I am more interested in rescue than I am a routine. I'm not interested in your religious rituals. I am interested in a relationship with you. I need you to know who my father really is. Let me tell you about who my father really is. He's not some angry, white-bearded guy throwing out lightning bolts. He loves you. He loves you deeply. Truly follow me. Truly follow me. That's what he's saying. Would you just take a baby step towards me? It's for sinners. If you say you don't have it all together, perfect, join the club. Jesus is just going, will you take the first baby step? I wish I had a dollar for every time I had a conversation where somebody said, Zach, man, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you at all on anything, you know, about who you say Jesus is. I love what you're saying. I, it's just not for me. Like, I have just messed up too badly. I'm too bad of a person to, like, even step foot in a church. Man, if I step foot in a church, like, the whole roof's going to fall in on me. I'm not going to stand near anything metal because lightning's going to strike. And, and I have to sit there and quietly listen without saying anything and interrupting them. And then I get to go, you know what? You are exactly the kind of person that Jesus pursued. 
You're exactly the kind of person that Jesus came. I am exactly the kind of person that Jesus came to save. We are the people that Jesus came to save. What's really, really cool about Jesus is when you start to get to know what he's really like and you start to shed off all these things that you think you have to be for him to love you and you realize he loves you just like you are, you really start to fall in love with him too. You really start to understand who he really is. Um, I remember when Bethany and I started dating. Oh, she left the room so I can say all kinds of cool stuff now. But, but when Bethany and I uh, started dating, and uh, we started dating in high school. We were high school sweethearts. And uh, so we, we had been friends for a long time, started dating. And uh, my senior year for my senior trip, I went to Canada for two weeks to go fishing with my grandpa. And it was awesome. And, um, but I started to miss my sweetie pretty badly when I was on this trip. You know, we were, it was like puppy dog, make you want to vomit. You know, it was bad. Um, it was just real bad. And so uh, I missed her like crazy. And so I had left my car uh, we get back from Canada. I left my car at my grandpa's house in East Tennessee. He lived in Athens. And so um, I, I, we get back, and I'm like, love you, Grandpa. Awesome two weeks. I'm out of here. You know? And I get in my car. I go over, and I, like, pull out of the garage. It's like, I'm like, oh, gosh. Get out. I've got a flat tire. I've got a flat tire. I get it out. I change this tire. I may or may not have gotten all the lug nuts on it. I just want to get home and see Bethany. I'm just like, I've got to go see her. So I am going down I-75 at a speed I will not mention because my mother will probably listen to this podcast. And I'm going fast. That's all you need to know. And so I get back into Cookville, and Bethany was working at Fazoli's at the time. And um, so I get there, I pull into the Fazoli's parking lot, and I'm like, it's like, you know, movie scene, you know, just like, you know. <laughs> and so... So I get there and and I just plant a big old plant a big old kiss on her there, at the Fazoli's parking lot. It's super. Hey babe, what's up? So I just she smelled like garlic so bad. But I loved her and I didn't care. I just I couldn't get back from stinking Canada fast enough to get back to see her because I love her. Oh my gosh, I love her. And, and, like, I remember how awesome that was. You guys that, that have a spouse now, you can remember back, like, some of you need to remember back because the car ride over here was rough this morning. But remember back, remember back to when you guys first fell in love. What was that like? What was that like? Guys, if, you, if you've been a believer for a long time, I want you to think back. What was it like the day that you met Jesus? What was it like the day that the Holy Spirit drew you to him? And showed you who he really was. Oh, man. There's a reason the scripture tells us to remember our first love. Remember what it felt like when Jesus really was Lord of your life. Jesus doesn't just want to save you and be done with you. He wants to be Lord of your life. He wants to be in charge of your life. Just remember back to the time when you were cool with that. Remember back to the time when that was good with you. And you said, you know what, I want you to be in charge of my life, of my everyday life. And I'm giving myself to you, Jesus, from now, now on. If you've never made that decision, you could do that today. If you've already made the decision, think back to what that was like. When you chose, you made the decision to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is a voluntary thing. You have to choose to do it. Jesus isn't going to force you to follow him. The Holy Spirit will draw you to him, but you've got to choose to make a decision to follow 
Jesus or not. And that's all he's asking. He's saying, just follow me, because if you start following me, you're going to fall in love with me. And if you fall in love with me, there's going to be some really, really neat things that happen this side of eternity and after. It's going to be really cool. I want to tell you right now, and I can speak from personal experience, following Jesus, I don't have it all together, and I don't profess to, and I'm still working this thing out every single day. I make mistakes every single day. But I will tell you, following Jesus is an unmatchable experience. There is nothing like it. And when you choose to say, Jesus, you're Lord of my life, everything doesn't magically go away in your life. All the problems you have don't magically disappear. But perspective shifts big time. And you go, what, nothing in this world can ever separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate us from Jesus' love. If we choose to follow him, we're on the right track. It's a done deal. We truly follow him. We get to know him on a daily basis. He sent his Holy Spirit so that we can know who he is. We've been hearing about that for weeks. We get to learn. And relationships are fun and exciting. You know, when you continue to date your spouse after you're married, you know, it's important that you do that. You, you discover new things together. You go on new adventures together. New things happen, and it's fresh, and it's exciting. It's the same way with our walk with the Lord. We get to know something different about Jesus all the time. I don't care how many times you read his word. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to you as you read about him that you never knew before. So I want to ask you today, are you following him? Have you chosen to follow him? Have you made a decision to follow Jesus? And it's, your, it's totally up to you. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me if you would. And I just want to give us an opportunity right now to make some decisions before we walk out of this room. And my prayer is, it's the same thing I prayed before I started speaking, is that we would leave here differently than we came. That however we walked in here, that the Lord would do something through his scripture and through a picture of what he did with Matthew or whatever that would make us leave differently. So right now, if you're under the sound of my voice and you say, you know what, Zach, um, I've walked with the Lord already. I've already made a decision to make Jesus Lord in my life. Um, I'm a spirit-filled believer. I'm walking with him. But you know what? I've kind of forgotten my first love, and I've kind of forgotten what it felt like to truly have a relationship with Jesus. And, and I just, I want to get back to that. I want to get back to what it was like when I first was pursuing him. If that's you, just slip up your hand real quick, and I'm going to pray for you real quick. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. Father, I thank you for the folks that are saying, you know what, I, I want to make sure that I'm on the right track. I want to make sure that I'm really following. Um, and I thank you so much for um, providing an example in Jesus that we could see. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth. And I thank you that um, you teach us how to follow you effectively through your Holy Spirit. So God, right now I just pray that um, we would recognize when you're speaking to us, God, that we would have that fire ignited in us again to follow you more deeply. Thank you, Father. And keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And if you're here and you've never made a decision, you say, you know what, Zach, I've never made a commitment to follow Christ, but I wanna do that this morning. And I just wanna say that I wanna make him Lord of my life today. And I've messed up a lot, but I know after seeing what he's done, I know that he can save me. I know that he can restore me. So if that's you and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, if you would just slip up your hand, that would be awesome. Just slip up your hand, that would be great. Father, I pray for every single person in this room that 
may not have made a decision to follow you and they're still on the fence, Lord, I just pray that you'd reveal yourself to them. That, um, that they would see you in their everyday life, God, that um, they would make that decision to follow you. God, that they would turn to you and they would know that you are their only source of rescue, their only source of hope. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Church, I want to challenge you. You can open your eyes here and look up here. I want to challenge you. No matter what you do, I don't know what you guys all do for a living. I don't know, um, you know what your day-to-day life is, is like for all of you. But I want to tell you, no matter what you do or where you find yourself this week, you got an opportunity to follow Christ or not. But I'm going to believe that you guys are going to do something amazing this week to make an impact on the people that you meet and that you encounter. And it doesn't have to be anything out of the box, just crazy. Just love somebody this week. You know, I, I tell the students all the time, you know, you think you go to school you think you're going to school to get an education. You think you're going to school because it's the law and you have to go to school or whatever. That's not why you're at school at all. But you're at school to share the gospel with a whole lot of people at one time. That's why you're really at school. And uh, like all you tech basketball players back there, you guys, man, God has given you guys unbelievable talent. But he hasn't given you that talent just so you can play basketball. He's giving you that talent and that platform so that you can transform Tennessee Tech. He's giving you that that platform so that you can minister to so many people and have an opportunity to reach out to so many people. That's why you're really playing basketball. Everything that we do is for the glory of God. And at the end of everything, it's for the glory of God. And there's nothing that can shake us or change us. We're about to sing it again, and it's gonna be awesome. We will not be shaken. If we follow him, nothing can shake us, amen? You guys stand and let's sing together.